whiskey for whiskey Hey, hi, hello, howdy, Groovaholics, Ben here, and welcome to the Rochester Groovecast. In this edition, I have a conversation with Danny Mills, and we have some fun talking about local businesses and digressing into social issues, politics. It was an interesting talk. You will hear some background sounds. We had an audience of Heidi Jane, Tracy Nicole, later Charlie Huber, along with some dogs, Peggy, Keezy, and Tila. Also, late in the show, there's some weird fuzzy sound. You might hear it. I'm not sure what caused it. I think like a hair landed on the mic. None of it's awful. I'm just letting you know. I enjoy some obscurity. Please, please, please enjoy the show and check out the show notes for necessary follow-up information on Danny and also on the Rochester Groovecast show. I have a Patreon account where I humbly accept any donation you'd be willing to contribute to the cause. We love highlighting live and local music and business from Rochester, New York. And so, yeah, any any help is always deeply appreciated. Rochester Groovecast is on iTunes or really any Android podcast app you can find it. Please subscribe and keep in touch. Hey, let's get started. All right, so I'm chilling with Danny Mills, the great Danny Mills. I don't know about great. The awesome Danny Mills. Take it. Middle ground. Awesome's above great in my in my. But but I mean great great has notoriety. Awesome is just like personal. <laughs> you know? Good point. I like I like how it sounds though. The great. Yeah. Danny Mills. The awesome kind of 
Well, it, I think it's more fitting anyways. Yeah, I'll take it. So tell me about whiskey, Danny. Um, my original, the cover that I play, or the beverage that I consume? Um, the beverage that you consume. Um, I grew up in a family that drank whiskey pretty regularly. Whiskey and really cheap beer. Mm -hmm. um, and growing up, I, uh, I dated a lot of women who drank things other than whiskey. My ex-wife and my ex-fiance both drank rum really heavily. So when I smell it, I just I can't do it. Vodka, I've had a bad experience with in college. Um, I never liked gin. Tequila makes me do really stupid things. So it's kind of whiskey by default. Mm -hmm. um, and generally, you can get a good quality whiskey in the United States for pretty cheap. Absolutely. So, you know, bourbons, bourbon's always a lot of fun. Um, and I had Iron Smoke for the first time the other night with oh, Heidi. Yeah. The and it was uh, at, uh, at Photo City Improv from Iron Smoke Distillery out of Fairport. It was awesome. So I'm going to start drinking that regularly because it's really super smooth. Iron Smoke. They're, wait, they're out of Fairport. Fairport? Yep. New is local, but wow. Yep. Iron yep, Smoke. Right in our backyard. So the three heads of whiskeys. The three heads are whiskeys. I like that. Is that actually there? That's not actually their no. slogan, but no. should be. Should be. Uh, trademark. Pay me. I don't know if I don't know if three heads would won. No. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Three heads is really there if they don't break out and become like nationally popular. I'll be surprised. Well, I know the kind has achieved a ton of acclaim as an it IPA. Has, yeah. Um, they just won the nation's best uh, beer label contest. Really? For their really, it was the banana spaceman or something. It had a it had a monkey and a and like an evil Knievel outfit on it. I for the life of me can't remember the name of the beer. It was a wheat it was a wheat beer though, um, and it won the nation's best beer label award. Interesting. Um, by no, it's not Caged Alpha. No, monkey. Caged Alpha Monkey no. is um, a different brewery. Okay. Yeah. Um. Might have been MSN that did the the article, but it, I mean they definitely just got national attention. Um, I know the kind is very much mm -hmm. like in a, a larger region now, but um, I think I think they're gonna blow up nationally pretty soon. And it's Absolutely. also a great venue, good people. Jeff Dale's the most charismatic human being I've ever met, <laughs> whether I want him to be or not. No, absolutely. <laughs> Jeff Dale is, you really should be writing slogans. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he is just as energetic at two a.m. after an, after an entire night of drinking his own beer as he is at eleven a.m. when I'm trying to wake up. Like Jeff Dale is just all energy all the time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. He's really he's becoming you know the face of Rochester beer. Yes, yes. Three heads. I I like to take three heads and other local beers with me anytime I travel out of state. Yeah, and. Even if I don't end up bartering with it, I'll just like leave it at a brewery in Vermont and be like, "Check this out. You'll yeah. you'll want to know about this this beer." I'm uh, I'm surprised more and more how many bars carry Three Heads on tap. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it seems like more and more like I'm going out of the Rochester area every... and I I see a, a ton of kind taps and it's really really cool to see. Mm -hmm. Well, um, it's I mean you put in it you put it on tap and it's an IPA and it yep. I mean they'll kick the tap in a week or less sometimes. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, the only real, like, nationally distributed IPA that's any competition is, like, Sierra Nevada. Mm -hmm. And um, pretty much anyone I knew who a couple years ago drank that will drink the kind instead now. So, I mean, they're, whatever they're doing, I don't drink IPAs, but whatever they're doing mm -hmm. with it, they're doing it right. And so when did you move to Rochester? Um, my parents, you know, I was born in Canandaigua. My parents um, lived in St. Lawrence County when they were kids, um, traveled around. My dad was in the military for a while and everything. Um did some high school up here and everything, but I really view Alabama as home. Um, mm -hmm. my, my wife at the time was stationed 
down in Fort Benning, Georgia. We lived on the Alabama side, and uh, I moved down there, and that's where I discovered most of the music that I love, most of who I am and how I am and everything, and I mean, it kind of shown mm-hmm. through a little bit over the years, but only lately have I really established myself and like gone back to that root and that style of music and just that kind of southern mentality with like a northern aggression. What's the music like down there? A lot of Americana? Um, there's, a, there's a ton of amazing, amazing blues bands um, whose names you'll never remember. Okay. Whose musicians you'll never remember. Sure. Um, that are all world class. Huh. It's very, it's it's very competitive. Everyone still smokes in bars, so it's you know just like that, that roadhousey kind of stereotypical, like really talented musicians mm-hmm. slaving away in a room full of smoke and broken glass, and um, it taught me to have ambition in a lot of ways because those guys are you know, 40 and 50 years old, playing the kind of music that would, you know, easily sell records if it was recorded by the right person and sold by the right person. Absolutely. But um, instead they slave away in bars night after night, no one will remember who they are. And I kind of realized that I really want to do that, but I want to market myself and mm-hmm. really make sure that whatever I do today, I do better tomorrow. So I don't end up in that cycle. It's, and I mean, you want, you want to have a humble living. You, you've got to make, you know, money. <laughs> yeah, I have, to, I have to eat. Yeah, you got to eat. My kid has to eat. You you have a child. I have a th- uh, child who will be three in April. Oh wow! Um, he just moved to Florida with his with his mother, who was going to, um, kind of return home. She's from Florida originally. Sure. Um, she's living down there for a bit, but she's going to relocate with my my family to North Carolina, and I'm going to you know see about kind of floating in between here and there. Awesome. Um, yeah. But he's a good kid. She's a good mom. It's a Mm-hmm. Really, really good arrangement for all of us. We all get along. No one, no one fights. There's no drama. Mm-hmm. So that makes uh, life a little easier. When I traveled the country a couple years ago with a, with some really good friends playing music and everything, following the dead, um, she was super supportive about it. So I couldn't, I couldn't be luckier with the life that I lead and mm-hmm. my my family life being okay with it. Yeah. Wow. Well, what's his name? His name is Jackson. Jackson. Um, partly after the Johnny Cash song and partly after uh, the main character from Sons of Anarchy, because okay. uh, my son's mother and I show. are giant nerds. Yeah, <laughs> Sons of Ant. Is that still on? Or oh it's... no, it ran for seven seasons, and they completed the story. Okay. It's not one of those got canceled cliffhanger ending. Oh my gosh! It's... How did you, without giving away the conclusion, it was it? It's definitively ended. Okay. When they when when the last episode is airs, it worth you know? me binging and watching? Or I am just I got my roommate Matt be... binging on it. We're, okay. just, we're <laughs> just about to start season three, and he's really really really. Passive aggressively happy about it. Okay, passive aggressively. It's it's one of those shows that you love to hate. It's, okay, it's an amazing show. The acting's amazing. The storyline's amazing. But every time you start to get that glimmer of hope for the character, something oh, really terrible happens. Yeah. And then you just want to rip your hair out and watch another episode. But as adults, we can't do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So he passive aggressively enjoys it. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a great show though, when it takes you through yes. the whole every aspect of your emotions. When it was on TV, airing once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to drive me nuts sometimes because of some of the show endings. You know, I would go to work the next day and just think about it all day. It's one of those shows. Oh wow! Yep. So maybe I shouldn't start watching it. You should. You no. should absolutely. It's only seven seasons, so you're not going to binge for too long. <laughs> how, Danny? How long have you been playing guitar for? Singing? Um, I bought a guitar. You know, I, I was gifted a guitar when I was like 15. I had no idea how to play it. I learned a couple of Metallica riffs. Um, but it looks it looked better than I could play, um, so I got enough attention from the girls that I didn't bother to learn it. Yeah, um, <laughs> got rid of it a while after my kind son. My son was born. Here. I bought an electric, goofed with it a little bit, learned a couple licks for songs. Never learned a full song or chords or anything, and um, kept the guitar. Mm-hmm. Started dating a girl named Sarah, and 
she saw the guitar and thought it was absolutely ridiculous that I owned a really, really nice Fender Stratocaster and couldn't play couldn't it. Couldn't play it. Um, immediately after, I met um, I met Casey Bloom, her ex, and my now best friend, who uh, is notoriously good at guitar. Yes. And he also thought it was ridiculous that I had a really expensive instrument I couldn't play and made it his goal to teach me how to play, which unfortunately basically just turned into partying a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we obviously... And I, not I'm, yeah, you know, that, I mean, he's my best friend in the world, Friendship. but, um, I, we never really, we never really buckled really down and did lessons, Everybody you know, we would try, we would try, but we would, we would forget to, to practice and stuff. Yeah. Well, he, um, he gave you inspiration whether or not he's sitting but, there. But, you know, watching him all the time was, was inspiration enough for me to watch what he was doing. And I learned a little bit and, um, he was at a low point in his life when Dead and Company announced that they were going to start touring. Oh, okay. And, yeah. um, around the same time, Sarah and I, who had been together for a while, had decided we were going to go on a, a road trip across the country. Um... So we saw that, and we decided, you know, we're going to go on Dead Tour, and we're going to bring Casey with us wow. um, to get him out of the rut that he's in, and it's going to help us see the country at the same time. So we started busking with the PA um, from Shakedown Street to Shakedown Street from mm-hmm. uh, Albany on October 29th of 2015 all the way to L.A. on uh, New Year's Eve. Playing Dead tunes? Playing, or... playing Dead covers and stuff in the parking lot, and uh, did a bunch of pre-parties and after-parties. I booked a ton of gigs all across the country in little bars. Um, made some of the best friends I'll ever have, some of the biggest supporters I'll ever have. Wow. Um, who believed in me, again, before I could really play properly. I would follow Casey. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just mm-hmm. knew that I was doing it. And uh, I got back, and we conceived a band called Dark Side of the Bloom. We headlined Strawberry Jam with that. Oh, Dark Side um, of the Bloom. How, played, how long ago bass. was uh, This was 2016. Timeline. Okay. It's so in May 2016. We, uh, so far after when you first yeah. had that guitar. Yep. Um. I played bass in that band. I uh, still didn't really learn guitar or anything. I was kind of noodling with it a little bit. Um, I learned how to play little licks and riffs that would complement my bass playing. Um, but I played nothing but Pink Floyd tunes in that band. Okay. And around that time, um, some personal stuff started creeping up in my life, and I realized that a lot of the people around me I couldn't rely on, mm-hmm. um, that I wouldn't be in that band forever or any band. And so um, with some prompting from some good friends, Casey James Ford from Blind Owl, uh, mm-hmm. Heidi Jane, who was doing her own thing at the time, I... Uh, I picked up a guitar with a motivation that I hadn't had before and taught myself chords. Um, did that for a while, and then I taught myself how to sing and play, which is a really, really painful process for me, um, for my roommates, for the neighbors. Sure. Um, but I, I kind of got the hang of it over time. How did you teach yourself? I mean, um, by I, ear? I recorded it. I would, re- and... I would play it, record it, and then just listen to it over and over and over, and then try again and try again and try again. And after a while, I just subconsciously trained my ear to know what I was doing right or wrong. And I would just, you know, kind of mumble my way through it the first couple times and then sing it a little more and then find where my voice fit within the structure of the song, be it one that I'd written where I could hear in my head but hadn't manifested it mm-hmm. or um, a song that I was covering. But um, so I guess singing and playing and doing this I've been doing for about a year now. Um, seriously, I've been doing it professionally for about three, four months. Okay. Um, as a solo artist. As a solo artist. Um, my first my first gig as a solo artist was the Jenny Screamer. Okay. Um, that was my first time that was, really... Was that a festival? Um, it was like a mini Halloween thing. It was uh, right before... Um, was it Blind Owl Halloween? Yeah, it was, it was around Halloween last year. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I did that. It was... Uh, that was your first, your first, my first, my first solo show. Nice. Um, and it was frozen. Yeah. And the, the equipment didn't quite work right, despite uh, Kyle Perkins and crew 
doing everything they could to make it work right. The sure. guitar I had at the time malfunctioned. Um, and oh. I thought I thought it was my cord. I thought it was the PA. I thought it was the cold. And come to find out, I had this $1,200 guitar with a built-in malfunction. So I took it back for the one really? that I have now. Um, it was the same thing that I have now. I have an Epiphone Masterbuilt Zenith. This was the Masterbuilt Deluxe is the one that crapped out. Mm-hmm. But it led to me going back and going to exchange it. And they didn't have another model like that. So I tried the one that I have now and actually liked it more. Yeah. Um, and it, it fits my look, fits my sound, and it's never let me down. Um, it's taken an absolute beating, and there's only one little blemish mm-hmm. on it. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm usually pretty gentle with my instruments, but anyone who's seen me play knows that I drink a lot um, after my show. Mm-hmm. And being an opener, that gives me a lot of time to knock my <laughs> instrument around. <laughs> sure. So it's, it's, it's a tank, and it's, uh, it's my best friend in a way most people can't be. And it's gotten me through a lot of stuff, and it's written a lot of great songs with me, and I'm going to keep it for as long as possible. Absolutely. Oh, and that sound, I mean, that tone, how bright and loud it is on its own, even unamplified. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it holds its own with banjos and resonators and other really loud acoustic instruments, and it'll it'll draw them right out if I don't strum softer. Mm-hmm. I, uh... It's got to be great for busking. It is awesome for busking. Yeah. It's also awesome for voice training because it forces me to project. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. My last guitar before I got the first Master built was just a little beat-up Fender, um, and it was very, very quiet instrument, so I would kind of mumble my way along. And um, then I would play with a microphone where I could compensate and mumble my way along. Mm-hmm. But then I would unplug and play with people who were far louder, and I just couldn't, <coughs> couldn't get there. So this guitar pushed me to be better. It was kind of... Good luck like that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Man is uh, guitar is man's best friend, right? Yes. Other than dogs. Dad and dogs. Yeah. Dogs. Uh, it's I also like dogs, dogs more than people. So Which really, we... if I just have a house full of dogs and guitars, I'm set. Mm-hmm. I mentioned dogs because we we've got dog sounds in the background. Yeah. All sorts of. Uh, we're at your place, Sanford Street. Yeah. And this is a great um, jam space. Yeah. Really. We're uh. Little by little, gonna soundproof it a little better and start recording in here and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a I have a new recording console that I just got. Is and, that um, that over there the test cam? No, or that's, that's not um, yours. That's Matt's. Okay. Matt um now has the capability to record live shows and film them. Mm-hmm. Um and it plugs wow. right into soundboards and everything, um which is great. And I also have I just got a Boss uh, BR nine thousand CD. It mm-hmm. uh it record up to nine tracks and it's got a CD burner built right into it. So we're gonna soundproof the room a little bit, run our mics into it record little demos and stuff here for friends and record live shows with his stuff and just play with technology till we learn how to use it properly yeah it's it's the way to do it man yeah it's awesome i'll have to record my podcast here i never had a single episode that doesn't have some sort of weird aesthetic sounds i'm actually going to start recording them outside just to have you know, like a nature feel, mm-hmm. like the audience to like feel like they're actually with you, you know, rather yep. than listening to this like mastered incredible piece. It's almost just it's just you know chilling in someone's attic. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, where where should we go from here? And any any influences currently? Anyone who you're really Local, impressed national with? National or both. Um, let's let's do local. Um, I obviously I love the Honey Smugglers, what Brian's doing, and all those guys. Yeah, Zach, absolutely. Um, the way they compose, the way they jam in and out and stuff is really really influential. And in someone who comes from a jam band background but wants to do string music. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest writing and arrangement influences is James Ford because I spent so much time with him with uh, Blind Owl. And if 
if anyone is into you know bluegrass or jam music in the Rochester area, you bump into Blind Owl at some point, and they're absolutely phenomenal. They're one of the best touring bands around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, local or national. They're, they're from Saratoga. Saranac Lake. Saranac. I don't know. I said Saratoga. Saranac yep. Lake. They are. Uh, <coughs> they're absolutely phenomenal musicians. Um, they're huge. You know, they're massively influential. Mm-hmm. Uh, folk face is Tyler Westcott too. Um, yep. Jackson Cavalier in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, his ability to market himself, but also just his relentlessness playing nonstop mm-hmm. is uh, really influential. And someone like me is just getting started out. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, to share a couple of bills with him. I'm playing with him again at the Blue Marble. Um, looking forward to playing with him at Daily Refresher at some point in the near future, too. Um, I'm real but, excited for Blue Marble. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, I think the Blue Marble is going to be couple weeks. one of the ones to talk about all year. Yeah, and it's the beginning yeah. of the year, so it's, it's really the first, set the tone. Yeah, first festival yep. set the tone for the the season. That's awesome, Jackson. I unfortunately showed up right at the end, but Lilac Festival last year. Yeah, um, I'm just walking, you know, see a show. It's like 4:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. and he's busking and has like a large audience he, like uh, sitting he won and watching Rochester's them. Best busker. Yeah, like two years multiple, in a row. Yeah. Um, which is a title that I'm going to try and dethrone him from this oh, year. Okay. I don't expect to. When to When's try. the competition? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen any announcements or sign-ups for it yet. I think it's summer. I'm not it was, sure. Uh, it was May last year. Okay. Um, no, it was May two years ago. It was August last year, I think, if I remember correctly. You have to but, keep an um, eye out for that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and dethrone him in the friendliest, most loving way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he well, wins, I'll be the first person to support him. It... it... Um, you can't give it to them every year. Like no. in in sports, there's always not always, but there's players that should could, win it every year. We could pull an Olympics and I'll tear <laughs> Lipinski and just break his leg. You know, no big deal. Oh, then he can't ooh. use one of his pedals and it sounds a little hollow. He's having an off day. No big deal. Jackson, if you're listening to this, I'm not going to break your leg, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> but um, but back to Jackson. So um, Lilac Festival. It's like 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. and apparently he had been playing for like four, five, six hours. And I show up, and I just sit down, and he plays a song. He's like, sorry, guys, I, I got to go. I was playing for, like, six hours. I don't have any more, I don't have any more songs. Yep. He'd have to look. But then again, he, six hours worth of material just busking is There incredible. are a handful of musicians I've been fortunate <laughs> enough to be around that play marathon sets like that. Yeah. And um, that's very much a part of my personality. If, if I can, I'll play nonstop for hours and hours so my fingers bleed or something mm-hmm. breaks. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun and it's very productive that way. Yep. Yeah. So Jackson Cavalier, any any national acts? Um, thanks to Heidi Jane, uh, Amigo the Devil's been huge in uh, songwriting lately. Mm-hmm. Um, he just played in Rochester not too long he ago. Did I miss anyone? That show. Anyone who knows me for longer than five seconds knows that uh, Devil Makes Three will always factor in. Okay. Um, Lost Dog, Lost Dog Street Band as well. Ben's a phenomenal composer and writer. Um, kind of carrying the torch for old time music too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he plays and everything. Um, and then beyond that, it's a lot of like classic country and folk guys, Guy Clark, Towns Van Zant, um, you know, people like that, even like cheesy eighties country, like the highway men. Okay. You know, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to them, check them out. It's, highway. it's very eighties. You'll hear a lot of eighties sound effects going on, but it's, um, it's Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash. Oh, wow. Is a, yeah. It's a, it's a Super vocal group. quartet. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's absolutely phenomenal. The songwriting's great. I'm surprised I've never heard of them. Have um, you probably haven't didn't realize it. Sure. Sure. But, yeah. um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of classic like folky kind of country like Guy Clark stuff like that. Daryl mm-hmm. Scott's still around playing; he's absolutely amazing. When it was the um, later end of most of these guys' careers, so yep, um, yeah, most of those guys aren't playing anymore, unfortunately, or they're not mm-hmm. no longer with us. 
But, um, you know, Daryl Scott's still playing. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Earle's still playing. I, uh, I just bought a CD with Steve Earle and the Del McCory band, and it's incredible. So I, I just, cracked uh, up on that for a while. I saw Steve Earle um, this past year at Grassroots Music Festival. Yeah. He was kind of a an interesting name to see on the bill. He was one of, Steve Earle will play anytime, wild. anywhere. Will he? He yeah. still plays record stores, just because. And um, I mean, he's the kind of guy that could retire and should come to just, Record Archive. Yeah, just from <laughs> just from the, the the songs he's written for other musicians, he could retire comfortably, mm-hmm. and his kids could retire comfortably. Dude, but he's still out doing it just just to have fun with it. Not to put you on the spot, but do you know any of the the songs he's written that maybe people would know? Steve Earle. Not not for other musicians though. Um, um is not to put you on the spot, but it's amazing how um they'll they'll be um musicians that you might not know a song or two of theirs um, but they'll have so many yes. that you hear all the time or on the well, radio daryl that... scott who i referenced mm-hmm. um wrote a lot of the dixie chicks material oh yeah um i think it was long time gone it's definitely one of his um steve earl wrote devil's right hand which is uh one of johnny cash's hits about uh using and shooting a gun and whatnot um interesting yeah devil's right hand steve earl wrote that huh. um daryl scott wrote a song called memory like mine or no, I'm sorry, I apologize. His father wrote it. He arranged it and everything, and Brad Paisley's picked that one up. Oh, wow. Um, and done stuff with it. Um, I, I know that both of them have collaborated with Alison Krauss in some way over the years with her band Union Station. Um, I, there's there's many, many, many more that I just am blanking on right now. No, it's a, I'd put you on but the spot. I, was... I mean, Towns Van Zandt, uh, most people recognize the Van Zandt name from um, Leonard Skinner. He's, uh, he's not related. He was like a folk writer, singer. That mm-hmm. partied more than he played uh, back in the seventies, but um, anyone who's ever heard Willie Nelson play Poncho and Lefty has heard Towns Van Zant before. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the Devil Makes Three new album Redemption Ruin, uh, waiting around to die. Is that, the is that album there. all? Covers? It's all covers. It's all covers. Uh, waiting around to die is a Towns Van Zant song. Okay. Lost Dog Street Band also covers it. It's a phenomenal tune. I haven't had a chance to listen to that album, but I. Were you at uh, the show? It's a little yeah. more rockabilly. Yes, I was. <laughs> A little more rockabilly. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a little more shuffle to it, a little more electric twang, but uh, it's very good. They're all you know just as good as they've ever been. It's just a little different. Mm-hmm. But good stuff. Yep, good stuff. We are going to take a short break to listen to another tune. This is Danny Mills's rendition of September Doves by the Lost Dog Street Band from Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> dog song. Our hearts have been so battered 
But if you could take, if you could channel the abilities of two musicians, who who would you choose to kind of like morph into, you, you, including yourself? So t take two people to add to your style and become like a, a super musician. You'd basically be an overnight talent, if, overnight um, sensation. I think I would take Doc Watson's ability to flat pick on guitar okay. with James Ford's swagger. Oh, yeah? And Heidi Jane's tits. And Heidi Jane's tits. I mean, if I if those are popping out of a vest while I'm playing, no one's gonna no one's gonna look away. Especially with my beard. You know, they're just like, what in tarnation? Instant star. <laughs> Is that a guy or a girl? I don't know if I'd be famous, but I'd definitely be viral. Mm -hmm. yeah. If I catch me outside, girl could do it. I could do it. Beard well, lady. Let's catch me outside, girl. I, I, we live in Rochester. There's catch me outside girls at every block. I uh, like, I spent the last several years of my life living in Canadaigua and there are cash me outside girls in every home. So in every home. <laughs> so basically are you just saying like every woman is a cash me outside girl? They have the potential it's... to be. 
like a yeah. doctor you call to your house. Like what? <laughs> cash me, cash me outside. What yeah. does that actually mean? Catch me outside, like fight me. But cash me is like it sounds it's like an she's inability a to use the language. <laughs> it sounds like it's what it is because uh, really, you know, the the less intelligent human beings are, the higher of a pedestal they're put on. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like George Bush, the catch me outside girl, um, Donald <laughs> Trump. It's an interesting list. Yeah. Think about it though. When memes, when memes first came around, George Bush was a subject of many of them. Like sitting in a children's classroom holding a book upside down. And that got more views than social injustices <laughs> in the United States because it was funny and he was dumb. That was that was really funny. Yeah. Um there is there is an entire TV show on Comedy Central. And I was actually so I w I'm not a George Bush fan. I don't really talk politics on this podcast, but I was kind of offended that we had a running TV show making fun of our president. It was not really like in good taste as an American thing. We uh, have, we have a that TV now show. with Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but Saturday Night Live is like a sketch comedy. It's and it's not all you you got a point there, but it it's I don't think it's the same thing as actually maybe it is the same thing. It, but I having think... a TV show completely dedicated to making our president look like a total idiot. I guess Saturday Night Live is doing that, but um, I, I mean that's their their biggest ratings and whatnot have have come from that, and I mm-hmm. feel like more and more every episode they do is is taking a shot at our government, which is their prerogative, um, and I think it, it more has to do with them taking a stance on free speech than anything. Sure, um, especially with like the ongoing war with the media, and so I applaud them for it, even though not all of it's in good taste. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just me though. Yeah. I play guitar. I don't get political with my guitar. <laughs> I play guitar. I, I do get political with my guitar. I wrote a beautiful song about RPD that I'm not going to play recorded. Huh. Um, well, how come? It's it's just, it'd be my luck that there'd be like one off-duty cop that'd come to a show and oh, okay. play it and I'd get pulled over a week later and he'd be like, hey, hey, I'm not giving you off with a warning. No. You're welcome. <laughs> no warnings today. Yeah. Well, what, what's, what's the... It's called Taxman. It's basically about uh, police enforcing taxation as opposed to um, serving and protecting, um, despite the fact that the majority of cops don't even believe in the, the laws that they're supporting, uh, nor did they write them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be more and more when I interact with police officers who know what they're doing is wrong in certain instances, such as uh, you know, busting a 19-year-old girl for a small amount of marijuana, sure. and that's going to follow her for the rest of her life. And their, their go-to response is, I didn't write the law, I'm just enforcing it. They need to keep their emotion and their values out of their work. But, um, for that kind of position, you know, un- unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, that just it, it bugs me a little bit that they've become more tax collectors than, than sure. helpers. Um, sure, yeah, and that some neighborhoods are terrified to call the police in the event that there's an issue. Um, that so I've always thought that's weird that you'd hesitate. You know, they're here to serve us. the The fact you'd ever hesitate to ask them for help is kind of an odd concept. It it really is. Um, but I mean, with with a lot of the the violence between civilians and police over the last couple of years, um, not that it didn't exist mm-hmm. before, but it's really escalated in the last couple of years. I yeah, I, I sympathize with that fear as a as an educated white male. I don't necessarily have that fear, so I can only speak so much on it before I uh, step out of my lane into someone else's, if you will. Sure. But uh, I sympathize with that. That's that's terrible. It's a terrible feeling, and I can't imagine mm-hmm. having it. Um, yeah, so that's that. That's my uh, political rant for five seconds. No, oh, I... I'm uh, I'm generally very political, and I'm trying to be less so. Okay. Because I was dedicating literally hours a day to just arguing with people on Facebook. 
Yes. And um, it it can be really rewarding, um, but it's mostly just very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, what What is your goal? When I, I argue with people on Facebook? Yes. Just to inform, because I, I don't pick fights with people who are educated on the subject matter that feel the way they feel. I'm not going to try and change a belief. But mm-hmm. if someone comes at me and lists this, that, or the other, be it uh, fake news, incorrect statistics, or an assumption mm-hmm. um, yeah. that attacks my values politically, I'm going to correct them. And I'm going to correct them with data. I will never belittle. I'll never name call. Um, I don't care what side of the fence you vote on politically because I, I'm very moderate in the sense that I believe things very firmly that are conservative and things that, that are very liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, but ignorance bothers me more than disagreeing with me. I don't, I don't care what your opinion is, but I care that you're informed. Absolutely. So and... I go out of my way to inform those who aren't, and um, sometimes it's thankless, and sometimes I get a really good response from someone who's like, you know, I'll look that up, thank you. Mm-hmm. And even if they draw a conclusion from the correct information that is different than mine, I will still applaud them for having that. Um, I generally try not to change people's beliefs because those are damn near set in stone. Um, that'd be like walking into a monastery and try to talk them out of, you know, God. It just, it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But I, d- I did dedicate an absurd amount of time to that. When the Sanders campaign was in full swing, I was traveling and working with them. Awesome. Um, out of Massachusetts mostly. And now I'm roped into doing another campaign in a couple of years. So we're gearing up for that. And it became very, very time consuming. Campaign. Um, Tulsi Gabbard um, for president in 2020. Okay. But we're going to she... try and flip the House and Senate in two years. Is she definitely running? Um, is that she hasn't announced a candidacy? She probably won't until twenty eighteen. Okay. Oh um, well, yeah. Just, yeah. just to kind of stay in her lane a little That's bit kind and of work within, yeah, work within the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, she's very much across the board as a politician. Uh, she has a huge favorability rating among Republicans and Democrats, and I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a Bernie crat through and through. Um, okay. Only younger, more charismatic, and. Um, she's been just as transparent from day one. She's been just as much an activist. Um, I, I firmly believe in her as a human being and as a politician. So that's my, uh, 30 second plug on who you should vote yeah. for in four <laughs> years. But <laughs> well, that, that's what was incredible about Bernie, whether you agreed with his beliefs or not, he was so consistent his entire political career. Yes. And so she's just as, just as, just as clean, yep. let's say. Yep. Um, you know, her, her voting record, she makes a point to release a statement or at least give some kind of sound bite um, every time she's voted for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Even if even if you agree with 90% of her policies, but she voted on one bill and you just shake your head and go, why would you do that? Yeah. She'll, she'll say why. Absolutely. You know? um, because if you, just if you just look at bills on paper and who voted for them, you may, you may really disagree with what they're doing. But if you, if you see the, the rationale behind it, how there's, there's a clause within this certain bill that'll help homeless veterans, or there's a clause within this that... Um, create stricter gun laws in urban areas, you know, things like that, you know, it, it paints a better picture of who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. And I really agree with her desire to be as transparent as possible. And I really think and hope that that's the future of politics. Mm-hmm. There's a little more transparency. Well, with the media being what it is, it has to be the future of politics because... I think more and more social media is going to phase out. Um, yeah. It's going to phase out media because people have the ability to select and see only what they want to see mm-hmm. and what they're interested oh, even in. Even the, the platform will only show you mm-hmm. things you're interested um, in. It's not a chronological um, order of what people post. They What comes up on your wall are things that you like or people that you like. Yeah, that's your, so, your related interest. But I, I feel yeah. that over the next four years with, with Trump going to war 
on the media, mm -hmm. um, more and more politicians are going to become active on social media and um, okay. are going to gain a following that way. It's, and that's I, how I he feel, did it. That's, yeah, how that's, he did that's how Bernie did it. And he really, he paved the way for younger tech savvy politicians. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's a good thing with people like Tulsi Gabbard and sometimes with some of our new alt-right, neo-Nazi, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, right-wing extremists because they're not, they don't necessarily represent all conservatives, but mm -hmm. they are very extreme. Um, that's getting attention and they're recruiting in numbers that they haven't in 50 years with segregation and everything. So it's, it's terrifying on both sides, but it's definitely the future. And, it's a uh, necessary something skill. Something politics definitely has to roll with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I mean, Hillary is an example. I read her Facebook page once, and I wasn't a, compelled. No, it's it's it was. It's kinda, almost like your grandma, you know. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's very vague. It's worded in such a way that you could tell someone's writing very impersonally, and they're just trying to update mm -hmm. people as a whole instead of, you know, kind of you know looking you in the eye through your computer people screen and saying, "This connected. is what I believe, yeah. and you should too." Yeah. Um, it's very it's very cold. It's very calculated. Very robotic. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think her presentation online had a lot to do with her inability to win the general election. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, I, she was going up against Obama when she ran before, but um, this, this day, Obama was a great candidate, but this day and age, you need to, you need to nail the online game. You know, if Charisma is more important than ever. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It doesn't matter your track record. I mean, Obama proved that in, in a way, not to demean his... His rise to presidency, oh, no, he was... but he was super charismatic and well spoken. And even though he didn't have a political track record mm -hmm. the way his opponents did, um, he had the ability to level with people, and people felt like they could have a conversation with him, and uh, that factored heavily into his election. And Donald Trump, love him or hate him, um, he kind of stoops and looks people in the eye a little bit and says mm -hmm. what he thinks they want to hear, and um, does it in a very, very deadpan conversational tone as opposed to a politically correct robotic programmed response and um, human beings will choose a human being over a computer any day um, when it comes to who who you would trust you your president kind of has to feel like your friend yeah um, about Trump just a very specific detail I I noticed during the debates is a lot of people do like a little bit of a head turn mm -hmm. when another person's talking, Donald Trump will take his body and he'll actually turn completely so he's not facing front anymore. He's facing directly at the candidate. Mm -hmm. And that kind of body language is what got him so far because it's so personal. It's powerful. Um, I'm not a big Trump fan. I think that what he has going for him is impressive. But I, I wish he was using his skills with in persuasion a different way. His skills as a speaker, it, he's. I'm imagining future political candidates having Trump's kind of charisma and presentation, but they can't be so aggressive. Aggressive, yeah. That's that's yeah that's that's exactly what it is. He's he's a walking marketing scheme. You know he's sure. he didn't. He didn't get voted for. He sold himself. Um, you know, he what He's Hillary brand, what Hillary yeah. yeah what Hillary presented was experience. Donald Trump presented a, a product. You know, he, he marketed himself in such a way he made sure that at every 
every stop and everything, he would repeat the same couple words and phrases and everything mm-hmm. that became very associated with him. And, um, you know, with the, with the Make America Great Again and whatnot, you know, candidates have always had little pins or little bumper stickers, you know, Obama it's was, so was hope and change and whatnot, mm-hmm. and yes, we can. And um, Hillary Clinton, you know, had what she had with the I'm with her, but Donald Trump created a fashion statement mm-hmm. out of uh, electing him. And money, um, you know, he really he really became a product that he could sell mm-hmm. that was you know nifty in its own way, and it's it's brilliant. It um, really is. It really he's is not the first one to do it. it. I mean. Uh, Hitler, Mussolini, and Stalin all did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not to imply that he's a fascist or you know a communist or is going to create a genocide, um, but they were also very charismatic and whatnot. And Stalin was a horrible speaker. Stalin was, was a he? terrible speech giver. Huh. But his face was on everything. Okay. Um, in the way that Donald Trump, be it good media or bad media, you see his face nonstop. When Obama was president on social media, I would go days at a time without seeing the president's face. That's a good point, yeah. But Donald Trump, every single day, I see it over and over and over in my Facebook, and my Instagram, on TV. Mm-hmm. He's very, very visible as a, as a president. And that gave him that, you know, it gives you that feel that he's everywhere. And he's, he's a part of everything in a way that, you know, Hitler, Mussolini, and Stalin, and um, you know, Kim Jong-un now all have that. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, simultaneously really good for the image of a strong central figure mm-hmm. um, to other nations, and it's also really terrifying as to what the implications of that are. But um, at this point, I mean, politically, we live in a circus, and I'm just excited to see what's next. Hey, let's take one more short break to listen to a Jason Isbell tune called Danko Manuel. It was written in tribute of the life of Richard Manuel and Rick Danko of the legendary The Band. And here is Danny Mills' cover of this tune. Enjoy.
live And Richard Manuel is dead And God forbid you call their blood Jason Isbell, I highly recommend checking him out. It's awesome. So, Danny, what what's getting you out of bed in the morning? What what are you looking forward to? Um, pretty much anytime I wake up, my first thought is I need coffee. Okay. Um, beyond that, I just worry about my schedule, what I got to do that day. Uh, you know, doing the whole nine to five thing during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to play out pretty much every night. Um, I don't always get a chance to, but I I'm now doing a I'm hosting an open mic every Monday. At Park Bench Pub on Monroe Ave in Rochester. Awesome. Um, every Tuesday is now a uh, an open mic with Alex Vine at Photo City Improv. Okay, um, that's going to be every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Um, Wednesdays, you know, are down at Temple. That's always mm-hmm. fun. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I try to play wherever, however. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking to play every night. I'm trying to play seven nights a week, literally, yeah. until... I don't have enough money to keep buying strings to play that often. True. You know, and then I'll start playing banjo more. So I have two sets of strings I can use. And so you play you play a little bit of banjo? I play a little bit, bit of banjo. banjo. Um, bass is still my primary instrument. It's the okay. one I'm, I feel is my strongest suit. Um, it's way harder to sing and play bass. Um, mm-hmm. It has to do with the, the kind of rhythmic shuffle. Um, unless you're Heidi Jane. 
and then it's just the easiest thing ever. It is tough, I can imagine. Um, it's it's very tough. Um, um, singing bass players have my utmost respect. Cause have I can't you ever considered like getting a looper and laying down the bass line, and then you could you could do bass, guitar, and banjo and vocals. I've always considered looping, um, and I I have the utmost respect for people who use it. Keller yeah. Williams, for example layers yeah incredibly he's a clinic yeah um and i've seen a lot of um friends loop and play over it and everything but i feel it, it's um the style of music i play is a little more emotional a little more organic okay and if i record a solo album or whatever i want it to sound exactly like i sound live mm-hmm. um so i i try to write and play everything with the intention of either there being other band members or me just playing it first take chords by myself Mm-hmm. and um it's organic that way yeah it's it's a little more raw um exactly what i'm playing is exactly what i'm feeling mm-hmm. it also uh keeps me humble in a way because i can't stop and do guitar solos and show up on top of showing off and then sure. layer layer upon layer upon layer i feel like um i would kind of get a, a bit of an ego when it comes to to looping and just i would spend too much time soloing or whatever um that's the the jam musician in me would want to just keep going to see where I could take mm-hmm, it, um, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I'm not really playing that kind of music. Yeah. So um, I I definitely try to stick to just one take, just me and what I'm doing. Um, unless I'm in a band, at which point I'm more than willing to jam out and see where it goes because that's absolutely it's kind of weaving it in and out with other people's personalities and sounds. And that's always an option for the future too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right now looking for musicians uh, who play string oh. music. Um, awesome. You know, mandolin, banjo, fiddle. Dobro, whatever, whatever they're in the mood for, lead guitar. Um, just looking to put together like a little string band. Same style or yep. a- um, kind of like a aggressive bluegrass, a little bit of a, little bit of like outlaw country influence stuff like that. Okay. Um, so if anyone's interested in doing that, they can contact me at my <laughs> Facebook page um, for music. It's uh, Danny Mills Music. Um, with the the Facebook URL, it's Facebook.com/slash Danny Mills Music NY. Okay. Um, and that's the best place to that's, reach you. Uh, that's the best place to reach me professionally, personally. I'm on Facebook as Danny Mills. Okay, and um, that'll be in the show notes, so it'll be easy. Yes. Just, they can go click it. Yep. Um, excuse the videos on my on my music page. I uh, I gotta yeah. update some more and okay. touch them up, make them sound a little better. They're uh, they're basically just recorded off a phone in a kitchen, you know. Yeah. So, um, I sh- I should have enough personal material to start recording in the near future, though. The goal is to have uh, you know, at least a seven eight track album come awesome. out. Awesome. By summer, yeah. When I do written? that, I'll Is definitely it... be doing. When I, yeah, they're all everything's written that I want to do. I might, uh, might add a couple more songs that cool. I've got kicking around in my head, or add, li- you know, lyrics to to melodies I've written, and vice versa. Um, you know, but the goal is the goal is by about midsummer to have an album out, and when that uh, when that comes out, I'll definitely be visiting uh, Smokeman Barbecue again in Canandaigua. Okay, um, that's kind of become my home away from home musically. Even though it's a okay. smaller venue, it's kind of out of the way. Um, Bob Dale and those guys. Never been there. I've just been a super, super supportive crew. It's relatively new. It's been there seven, eight months, maybe. Oh, probably wow. not even that long. It was it was Oasis for a long time. I was Captain Yogi's before that. It's just outside Canada on the lake. It's a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful place with good people, good food. Oh, I'd like to. And it's I'd small. Come down so every time sometime. I play there, you know, if there's ten people, Intimate. there, it feels packed, which is nice. I always like that kind of show. A lot of we were talking blues earlier. Mm-hmm. A lot of great old blues musicians will still play to like small juke joint kind yep. of bars where forty, fifty person capacity. Yep. Um, yeah, there's something special and intimate. Or comedy shows are like that too. A yep. lot of the time. Cool. 
any 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 gigs upcoming um i or think the blue the marble big one right now is obviously the blue marble um earth day celebration with uh some incredibly talented musicians um get a hold of me or you know herbie one presents for tickets mm-hmm. for pre-sales they're 25 dollars now this will be released now this will be released before blue marble so yeah. so definitely get a hold of me for tickets or um herbie you can also get tickets at vaporizing in canadagua aaron's alley in rochester cool um there's tickets somewhere in syracuse but i don't remember the location sorry oh it's a... <laughs> um beyond blue marble i mean i'm always looking forward to play with whoever wherever i've talked to a lot of musicians and other bands about opening for them given mm-hmm. the opportunity um look forward to doing that look forward to returning to temple and flower city station a couple of the places i played up here photo city is always a good time mm-hmm. um beyond that i've never played um i've never played funk and waffles in syracuse that's a goal for the summer Funkin' um, Waffles is coming to Rochester, too. So. Rochester, I'd love to play there sometime. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're associated with them, call me. <laughs> um, Give them an email or something. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I definitely would like to branch out and play a lot of locations I haven't, but I'd like to do it in such a way that when I get there, it's not an empty room. Sure. So I'm trying, sure. To, I'm trying to make sure I don't get ahead of myself. You sometimes have to latch on to other musicians as you build your yep. following. Um, yeah, because the music scene is thriving it's incredible up here yeah um beyond that um you know putting an album out and playing sterling stage mm-hmm. at some point would be a would be my uh great short-term goals long-term goals austin city limits hell or high water um definitely yeah. definitely a bucket lister for me hell yeah and it's a it's a lofty goal but if i look back 20 years from now and i haven't done it i think that'd still be one hell of a ride to have gone on mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh you know that's that's my it's my down the road goal. Let's see Sky, what sky's the limit there. Yep. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for Thank coming you. on the show. And uh, I think I'm gonna get out of here and go find some live music to get myself into. Yeah, me too. So, have a have a happy day whenever this comes out. <laughs> I'm not gonna say Friday or Wednesday because then we have to edit it and put it out I, at a certain yeah, time. But absolutely. have a happy day. I like to I like to tell the audience to have a have a good life. Have a good life. <laughs> it's very dismissive. Do you think so? It's very dismissive. Yeah, Interesting. It's a. It's yeah. It's a. It's there's a note of finality to yeah, it. I, I, interesting. Well, I mean, I, if you it's if you usually not talk full... to a friend and at the end of the conversation you say have a nice life and then walk away, they're like, are you not going to be in it? <laughs> That's kind of funny. I, I I see what you're saying. Well, usually how I'd phrase it is like. Have a good day, night, weekend. Just have a good life, everyone. Yeah, yeah when, that when kind. There's... The it, presentation. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? I I hope that all of our listeners enjoy any day ending in Y. Is that is that fair? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Are we good? Are we out? Yeah, we're out. Let's go thrift shopping, bitches. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to the show. Please give Danny Mills a like on Facebook and keep in touch with all of his developments. You can also find Rochester Groovecast on Facebook, or you can email me at rochestergroovecast at gmail.com. We are also on iTunes or any Android podcast app. Please subscribe and keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you deeply. If you've stuck around this long, check out this bonus track. Thank you.
starlit evening, come take me home.